This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly, and most professional way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. That's squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. Oh, I'm married now. <laughs> In the future. Oh, so you can tell us about your, your video game themed wedding <laughs> when you came down the aisle to uh, Sonic 2 uh, track 1. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What? Sega, 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 Sega. What? what? That, that's track 1 of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, is the Sega theme. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Sega. <laughs> Just some kid with a little sound effects keychain in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. <laughs> Sega. Toasty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was now married. Now you. <laughs> Sega. Toasty. <laughs> and Sega. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> you what? bitch. Who are you? It's, it's, this is an intense novelty gift. It includes the first track of Sonic the Hedgehog 2's sound test, a bunch of actual swearing keychain sounds, the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, swearing keychain, as well as Toasty from Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> What is it, Jake? My novelty sound uh, thing says, Idle. motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> Idle Thumbs 305. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. All right. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> hey. Nick, you sound like you just like just got here uh, on like a little like behind the scenes or something. No. Just, <laughs> no, he's just re- gotten done recording about 800 podcasts yeah, in a row. That's just what I sound <laughs> like now, Jake. Oh. Yes. Yeah. This is what I sound like. Hello, my future co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Idle Thumbs. Welcome oh, to the video you. game podcast oh, yeah. that we've been doing for so long. Oh my god! Yeah. Everyone's just, just so hyped. I to really hear us. am so tired right now from recording so oh, many yeah. podcasts. Um, I yeah yeah. That sounds like a bit, but it's not. We just have been recording a lot of podcasts. How recently. tired? Very tired. I do wish I were playing Zelda right now. Mm. Um, I the one of the properties, one of the sort of realities of uh, recording. We've recorded a lot of podcasts over the last week or so, and I've also just had, like, like by the time you hear this, as Jake indicated, he will be married, but at the time we're recording this, he's not yet married, and we have friends in town, and there's, like, stuff going on, and, like, ev- feels like just every night has been, like, a late night for some reason or another, but then I still also want to keep playing more Zelda. Yeah, it's been a minute since I had it's a video a game that was, like, clawing at me at when I wish. I yeah. wish that I had nothing else going on in my life so I could play a video game. That's a nice feeling to have, honestly, except that it's then conflicting with a thousand things, including my marriage right. in my brain. So, like, it's it's complicated. Yeah. In conclusion, yeah, I'm going to just be, uh, you know, playing Nintendo Switch. Are you going to bring time. your Switch on your honeymoon? I thought you were going to sit on my wedding. On my you, honeymoon, no. You just slam it down on the table, you know, with God. three other Switch players. And God, I'm a, you, I can't believe you asked that because I hadn't even considered it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then the fact that my brain went, oh, maybe you could, maybe go, oh no, that's like, <laughs> I'm not advocating it. I'm no, just... but like my brain even had the like a little tiny like pleasure synapse just went right. You got that I little went, bit of dopamine. And I was like, oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'm the guy who does that. No, yeah, yeah. just out on the deck in my flip flops playing Zelda. You're gonna tell yourself it's just for the plane ride. No, I can't. <laughs> I read a book. <laughs> You're going to Kauai, right? Yes. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yep. Zelda free zone. Oh, but what if it wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten, I mean, I don't imagine you've played much recently. No, I mean, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've, I've decided that what I need to do is just explore the deep parts of the map. I've, I've, I hit a couple of, 
of I, I'm still like a, I'm still Zelda baby. I had a couple of towers that were so difficult for me and just wrecked There's some multiple really days ones. that I've now just said, okay, this is a big world out here. I need to not force myself to just I need to take the little hint advice the, the condescending ass hint advice that says you don't need to just keep killing yourself <laughs> and I decided you know what maybe I'm yeah. just going to be a tourist yeah, for a while so I'm just, yeah. I'm just looking at basically the entire uh, eastern half of the map that I'd been mm-hmm. ignoring the entire time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's an, it's, it, it's like that's been fun yeah but I've, I've basically been been Zelda tourist avoiding as much conflict as possible and yeah. then um, I did spend an entire day trying to climb up a nearly unclimbable cliff. Not a whole day, but I spent like two hours on it. Yeah. And then I got to the top. Fuck everything. It was really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all the guys were there really, really hard. I, yeah, I get really sucked into that. When I'm like, oh, I could totally climb this. And it's, but it's, you know, I'm not, yeah, I, I can't always quite judge like what slope is going to be just sort of yeah, gentle sort of, enough <laughs> that I can catch yeah. it and refill my stamina. On the deep east yeah. coast, there are some incredibly sheer cliffs, but there's just enough oh, little yeah. like winding paths that sneak up around the side of them that if you take the it's long way around, you can, yeah. you can make it up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you get up there and there's all sorts of stuff because there's stuff yeah. everywhere because it's Zelda. I'm in a, I'm in a sort of tourist zone kind of right now. I'm still, uh, I still can't resist tackling a tower when I find one. I mean, like when I find a tower, I sure, will, of course, I will it. climb it. it even I just had one forever, that just that just was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in general, I'm kind of I'm doing the same. I uh, I finally beat my first dungeon boss recently. I actually had Which, already uh, the elephant. Okay, the I, water. Right. Yeah, temple, yeah, I had already completed the temple itself, uh, like days previously. And then I'm like, oh, they make it so easy to just come back to the boss, which is really cool. I like it. It sort of separate like the the boss at the end of the dungeon and the dungeon itself are basically two separate challenges. And it's very easy to do one first. Well, mm-hmm. you have to do the dungeon first. But then after that, you can leave and come back. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm good enough to do the actual boss battle yet. Uh, get some more hearts, get some more stuff. Um, and so for just a few days, I kind of just had a very luxurious kind of toured throughout Hyrule and I discovered some new areas and I climbed some more towers and I sort of increased my map by like 50% and then I went back and uh, and beat that boss. Killed that elephant. Uh, I didn't kill the elephant. Oh. I fought a boss inside of the elephant. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, it's stupid to just keep saying this because I've said it for two podcasts in a row, but like, I just really love this game. Like I really am just thinking about it all the time. You know, Jake, to your point, uh, it's just been so long since I've felt this way about a game of this type. You know, it's so good. It's just very good. How's, how's your Zelda ing Nick? Well, how's I've, your Zelda Nick? <laughs> I filled in the map. That's cool. I Sarah filled in the, beaten map. Every filled in the map at this point. Oh, nice. Um, the thing I discovered is that some of those dungeons are, much easier than others. Yeah. And I feel like I did them in the exact wrong order. Uh, so oh, by so the time at the you end, you just wrecked them? Like oh, yeah. It. But then yeah. also, this probably isn't much of a spoiler, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, when you beat the Birdland boss, mm-hmm. there's a Birdland. The Birdland boss, sure. Uh, you get a power <laughs> that allows you to create one of those updrafts just oh, out wow. of thin air. Oh, wow. Which is a crazy thing. That I want sh- that the most. That changes the whole game. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I'm sad uh, that I even know that it exists now slightly. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. I mean, the thing you get, I won't spoil it, but the thing you get from the elephant is pretty intense, too. Yeah. The the dungeon yeah. bonuses are pretty hardcore. Yeah, they you can only use them once every few minutes. Oh, they have a huge cooldown? The one I found is a 30-minute cooldown. Wow. That, one, that one's beefy. The The draft is, is not as bad. Okay. But, um, yeah, I don't know anything about this tier of item and I don't know if I want to actually hear anymore because yeah, this sure, game fine. is still right. completely yeah. mysterious yeah. to me. Yeah. All this stuff makes me so apparently I, I haven't watched any speedruns and I don't think I'm going to until I've completed the game but I'm really looking forward to being at the point that I do feel that it's sort of safe for me to watch speedruns because apparently right now people have beat this game in about an hour and I can imagine oh, it's gonna go down. Yeah for sure and I can imagine how that would be like structurally possible, right? Yeah. I mean, this game really does just open itself up to you almost instantly. But, yeah, yep. the, the, the but, the, but given how many items and given how much they allow you to totally beef yourself up and like give you these incredible items, the idea of 
I, I like I am really curious to know what the absolute bare minimum is yeah, of that stuff with a skilled player still able God. to to you know beat the end boss I guess to to destroy Ganon as yeah the it seems like says. at a certain point the speed run for this game has got to end up boiling down to the least travel time Naked it takes Link. to get to, Gav- yeah, to, right. to Ganon and yeah. then oh, yeah. how quickly Link you can just bash him to death with, Ganon. with like the quickest number of items <clears throat> you can pick up yeah yeah. I mean, Skyrim speedruns are almost nothing. Like they're like sub twenty minutes. I think actually they're they're way lower than that at this point because yeah. of the, none of that content is locked in the same way that it's not locked yeah. in this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are doing crazy things. I saw this one video. This isn't really much of a spoiler. It's just exploiting a mechanic that I didn't know existed, but like I probably should have. You know, it's just one of those things in this game where you go like, oh fuck, you can surf on your shield or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but in this case. Uh, there, well, this is there's a there's a, a, a kind of like pseudo mini game at at, a, at one point where there there are a lot of these, so it's it, it's not you know really that exciting. So it's I'm like I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there. Uh-huh. Uh, you're, you're at the top of a tower, and one of the bird uh, guys that plays the accordion. I don't know if you guys have yeah, seen yeah. that guy uh-huh. before. He's all around the world. He says, "All right, glide as far as you can, and then I'll give you a thing." And as you glide during this game, it's counting up the number of meters that you're gliding, and so you're just trying to get as far away from this tower as possible. Somebody figured out that one, and I think this is like widely known, but I just didn't understand. Uh, when you create a fire on any grass patch, it creates one of those updrafts. Yes. Um, yeah. So this guy just basically loaded up on like 300 bomb arrows. Oh, wow. Loaded up about like an infinite supply of stamina potions. Oh, my God. And he ended up going basically from that point which is at one far end of the map to the other end of the map without touching the ground seven some thousand meters yeah. and it's like a 10 minute video wow <clears throat> that's really every good. time he gets close to the ground he just shoots the ground with a bomb arrow catches Creates a draft, fire yeah. and then sometimes he'll get caught like in a canyon where he's just got to kind of like work his way out you know just shooting the ground like over and over again because the draft only sends you so high yeah and so when you're up against like a wall you've got to be like really careful it was intense that's amazing and then he gets to all the whole video like this 10 12 minute video and then he goes back to the guy, and the guy says, "Oh wow, seven thousand two hundred and twenty-four <laughs> meters." Anyway, here's a hundred rupees. <laughs> the guy had thirteen thousand rupees already. <laughs> what I mean, it's just like, shit? what the hell? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I did that twice and got fifty rupees each time, and said, yeah. oh, "Never mind." Yeah, yeah. Had you gone seven thousand, you could have doubled that. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's really, it's really funny. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there are there. Are, I'm not going to spoil any of the other sort of mini games in the, in, 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 that are contained in this game, but like. They're actually really well done. Yeah. I'm surprised. It seems like the kind of content that could have so easily just been a throwaway bullshit. That's but a lot of it's based on the physics uh, system, and a lot of it's like actually really satisfying. I spent probably an hour playing this one stupid thing over and over again, uh, and it was really fun. Yeah, I don't know. This game's crazy. It was probably the guy who uh, just hides rupees in one of three pots. <laughs> <laughs> it's so clever. Oh, I did they blow all my money the- on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I totally gambled for like twenty minutes, and by the end of it, I was broke. I was Amazing. so mad at myself. I got so mad at myself. It was early on. You literally had an actual casino experience. Oh, I did. For I knew real. exactly. Also, what was that happening gambling to me too. game has been in like every single one of these since the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I was smart enough as a kid not to do it, and now I'm just a dumb adult like, who's like, oh, let's just see. I'm smart. Maybe I'm I an adult be. now. Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't get how this worked, and I yeah. didn't even want to try. But now right. I'm a smart adult. Yep. No. I'm just old and dumb. Uh, you went broke on the gambling rupee chest game. That's yeah. so funny. So I don't even know what it. What is it? I don't even. The guy says oh, there's yeah. rupees in one of these three chests, yeah. and then you just have to pick one of the three. Wait, chests. seriously? It's actually one, one they, of them is one rupee. The other one I think makes your money back, and the other one gives you a hundred. Why yeah. did you think you would come out on top, even if it were fair? Oh, I just hope I, I just I thought I might. You just get lucky. thought you'd get lucky for no would, reason thought, at all. You know, I just I okay. just I was trying to luck. Chris, that's I, how gambling works. No, but I thought it was at least going to be one of the like no. three cup things where you can no, technically no, no. where you're like, no, oh, no. I'm I've it's got a, a good eye. Machine. I can see it's it. a slot it's a machine. machine. Wow, and I got one rupee every time. I didn't ever break even. I think it was ten times in a row. I lost a thousand rupees. It was just well, that just means disastrous. that the next time you have even higher chance of getting it, right? That's how that's how statistics work. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've done it, you got the bad one ten times in I'm a row. You've got to have an incredible dug a, dug a hole for myself. Clearly, I'm gonna get, pull myself out of it. Well, that's how right. I mean, will. on average, it's yeah. got to you've got to win next time. I didn't know. <laughs> I knew. Anyway. Man, bummer. Yeah, it's fine. I'm rich now. I got a house. Really? You can get a house in this game? Yeah. 
Whoa. <laughs> God, this game has so much stuff in it. It's crazy. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking yeah. of getting a house in something. Yeah. I haven't played this, obviously, but I read an article on Rock, Paper, Shotgun about what sounds like the best oh, Fallout man, 4 yes. mod that has ever been made. Oh, yeah. Which is the Fallout 4 settlement mod, mm-hmm. which, um, I mean, we talked about this a lot when Fallout 4 came out, about how you can build structures and you can live in them and people, NPCs are nominally aware of them. Yep. Um, but what this person has done is made Fallout 4 incredibly appealing to me, personally. Yeah. I still don't think I'll ever play it. Because um, I am me personally, but uh, the this mod the Sim Settlements, yeah, it's called it's, yeah. it's called Sim Settlements. Yeah, yeah. What this mod does is it allows you to zone areas around your settlements, uh, around what? your like as if they're like Sim City, where you can zone them as residential or or commercial. Isn't that right? Residential, Sim- commercial, agricultural, and industrial. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then NPCs using what sounds like a ton of work by this person. Or tapping into some code that's in Fallout Four but is latent and unused. One of the two, or some combination of those. Well, I, mean, I think it taps into the into the same like whatever sort of modular them. building system. Yeah, yeah, but but what I mean is like NPCs are able to make choices. Like NPCs right. will move yeah, into yeah, a yeah. house, then they'll scavenge <clears throat> and install a couch, and also put like a little chair and some plants in their house, or they'll like egg, like the 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 article that I read was like it was intense of like. It pings the HUD when NPCs make changes to their home. So if you feel so inclined, you can run back and see what they've done. And yeah, they'll like the idea that if you if there if a settlement exists, you can task things out, and then that part of the game will continue to sim itself. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. Like it feels like. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what people at Bethesda would would be thinking when a mod like that shows up. But what do you think they would? Nick, you worked there. I mean, I, mean, so, I feel oh, like some. I, I feel like someone's got to be kicking amazing. themselves slash being really excited because, mm. like, uh, that feels yeah. like a real. Logical, I think mostly just excited. Like, yeah. yeah, I would think so too. I think I think that's the kind of thing that they would just not even attempt because it's just out of scope for. I mean, they what they were already attempting was pretty bonkers, sure, but yeah. but yeah, I think they would just. It be feels like a logical it. actual expansion pack or device to build on as a sequel to me. I could though. see like, an expansion. I could see a Fallout, a modern Fallout game, yeah. getting an expansion pack. I don't expect it to, but I no. mean, that seems like yeah. It's it really like cool that it's a that mod. I also, imagine. this mod, man, Bethesda, when they tried to introduce the notion of paying for user-created mods, and everyone just took a huge shit on them for ever considering doing something so rude to yeah. gamers, basically, like to cut to consumers, like the idea that you would pay for a mod that was usually free, this feels like an example to me of something that someone totally could have said, mm. it's anywhere from 99 cents to five bucks. And what you get is this stuff, and I'm releasing it, quote unquote, in early access as a yeah. mod for Fallout 4. I don't see how that doesn't justify itself. The amount of features that that adds that could grow up to be a commercial grade thing. Yep. Also, just the concept and you the can execution. raise and lower tax levels. Yeah, it's, on your settlers. It's so cool and crazy that that happens as well as well. <clears> Fallout 4 is also just going on at the same time. Uh, I I I I love it. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I feel like... Um, I haven't played it, obviously, so I can't... Like, it might be just be a big busted piece of shit, but just conceptually, it's already just... I'm excited that someone put that inside of a di- totally different game using mod tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is really cool. What a strange thing. It's funny because they... Uh, Bethesda... I mean, it's not actually really that similar, but, like, you know, Bethesda published Fallout Shelter, which is itself a sort of mm-hmm. management light builder management game in fallout uh so you know i mean there's sort of like a fictional precedent uh, but yeah what a cool thing this reminds me of an email we got from rusty randolph who says a question for nick why doesn't anyone make games like bgs bethesda game studios i got back into video games in 2012 when i bought an xbox 360 i didn't have a i hadn't owned a console since the genesis and being a big rpg fan in the uh in the day one of the first games i bought was skyrim It didn't take me long to realize this was the game I'd been looking for my whole life. I went on to play everything else Bethesda Game Studios made and loved every one of them. Then I went looking for other games like these and was disappointed to find few people are making them. I know that there are are some similar things from developers like Rockstar and CD Projekt Red, who makes The Witcher, um, but they don't quite have that same Bethesda feel. In a world of copycats, why aren't more developers using this formula? Unapologetic Bethesda fanboy, Rusty Old Tunes. Um, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there 
there are probably two answers. One, it, they've been doing it for forever, yeah. you know, and that just gives them like an almost institutional, thirty years now. Yeah, just an institutional like learning and I mean, just right on down to like the actual tech that they're using is just built on top of the last version of everything, right. and so that allows them to not have to rewrite the you know the book every every three years or whatever. Um, then also, it's just really hard to make those games. I mean, it's just really fucking hard. It's hard to make a game like that that actually. Um, sort of works in the same way that we're talking about Zelda works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, a lot of people make open world games, but a lot of them just feel soulless. And there is like, there is some design methodology to to what Bethesda does that I think is actually indicates why they, they can make a game that, <clears throat> you know, has more of a connection than just kind of checking off the boxes of yeah. like, I need to go to this Ass- location and do this quest. And, you know, I mean, like when I play Bethesda game, I don't do any of that shit. And they... They're designing for that experience yeah. as opposed to like the sort of rote. I think one one way you can tell from inside of the games industry that 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 the amount of work that it takes to make a game like that is infinitely harder than you oh, could yeah. imagine is that Bethesda is a company that at places like the Game Developers Conference has no qualms with just telling you exactly how they do it. Like <laughs> Naughty Dog who right. makes the Uncharted games and The Last of Us is another example where everyone goes that's just an interactive movie. They'll just happily literally post how they make all of their textures. They'll talk to you about every single piece of their animation pipeline yeah. because you're not going to take all that information and make that game. The same way yep. as like you could l- read every single piece of information publicly released about um, Bethesda games. You could dig through their mod toolkit, which is all basically <clears throat> how to author all of their content. You're still not going to do it as just a person. Like I think it's yep. – and th- that's not to be dismissive of someone who is aspiring to do that. It's just – sure. It's it's yeah, one of those of things. Institutional knowledge. There. It's it's sort of like experience, yeah. a house that's already lived in. You look at it, you go, I could probably fit that in this van. It's going to take two vans. Like yep. that, there's just there's just you know <laughs> well, thirty years worth of someone's life in there. I do uh, have it a, just doesn't look like it because it's so well put yeah. together. Yeah, I think there's the design side which is totally legitimate. But then I think also like, I this is just a random anecdote that just occurred to me. But um, the tech side of it is just like people really beat up on Bethesda in terms of their engine and, you know, kind of the crufty nature of all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I remember <laughs> when Skyrim came out and um, like the PS3 version would just get to the point where it would run out of memory and people were hitting serious issues where yeah. like the frame rate would drop to nothing. And like that was a really hard time to be at Bethesda because obviously like the ball had been dropped to some degree right like there's no excusing a game that just kind of crashes out but at the same time the things that people were saying it's really tough because like as a developer you know how hard it is to make this thing even run at all on like a PS3 that's got 256 megs of memory or whatever it had Uh, I mean, those games are tracking so many individual objects within just, like, the state of the game that, like, and and what happened with this particular bug is that after playing long enough, those things just weren't getting flushed from memory because they can't be because the game has to keep track of it to make it function in the way that people expect the Skyrim game to function. But you just couldn't, it just couldn't be done efficiently at 256 megs. And so, like... That's an example of like, oh man, I totally like people have a total legitimate complaint. The game needs to run better, and it sucks that it shipped that way. But at the same time, it's like, holy shit, do you have like? Right. On the other hand, you can make oh. the video of like the four hundred watermelons. Yes, down exactly. Hill, and you can modify <laughs> yes. it so that settlers can right. build their own right. houses yeah. from scratch. Yep. Yeah. You know, like the fact that that possibility space exists inside the yeah. game has to also partly excuse the exactly. fact that it's insane. And so, there's oh, there's always this push and pull between Bethesda fans and the studio in terms of like, <laughs> oh, why aren't the animations better? Or why aren't, why isn't this better? Yeah, why sure. isn't that better? And it's like. To some degree, I think those games are special because they are rough hewn in certain aspects, or because they're like they're they're ambitious in some ways, and and by their nature, then they overextend. And it's, yeah, but yeah, and it's just. I mean, that's why Zelda is just so bonkers. But it also yeah. took seven years to right. make, right? And yeah, this email was sent before like, this Zelda game was released, and yeah. I I obviously have no idea if the person who wrote the email has played the new Zelda game or not. But it really does yeah. feel like it belongs in that. I think it does universe, too. Yeah, you know? for sure. There's another thing. So, Nick, how many people roughly are on the core Bethesda Game Studios team? Well, I think I, I'm... Compl- <laughs> uh, when I was working there, it was basically capped um, at like 100. Uh-huh. Um, I think they've taken a few more people on now, but I've, I, sure. as far as I'm aware, it's still not... 
anywhere near the size and scale right, of like an, like an Ubisoft development yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but so about a hundred people, and yeah. they and how long do they spend on each of those games? Like four years? Yeah, all told. Yeah, and they sort of overlap a little to, bit, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, a thing that occurs to me now. I never really thought about this before, but if you're gonna have, let's say, a hundred people, you know, making like professional experience games industry salaries for you know three to four years on a thing i would say probably most publishers are gonna want that risk to be taken on something with a much clearer like input to output risk reward proposition where it's like okay are we do we want to make the weird like fiddliest fucking game imaginable where like even the best case it's gonna have a shitload of bugs and like who know like what how the hell do we like market this thing or do you want to make the thing that's like a straightforward basically action adventure thing that's as slick as possible and like is gonna show great in trailers and screenshots and everything else and I would wager most publishers are gonna want to do the latter and I would say probably the only reason really Bethesda has gotten to do this thing it's doing for like between two and three decades at this point is because they they are the publisher. They are. The, that is yes. the company. I mean, yes. obviously, they have a parent company, but that parent company is derived ultimately from the original Bethesda yep. Studios entity that has been making this stuff for decades. And I think that, like, now, I mean, because, the, you know, the first... So, the original Elder Scrolls game, Arena, was, I don't think, a particularly big success. Daggerfall was kind of a cult hit, yeah. the second one, but definitely not something that was... I, I can't imagine that game sold millions of units. I uh, don't believe so. Yeah. And then Morrowind, I feel like, was when people started to kind of be aware of this. And then it wasn't really until Oblivion that I think it be- that series became something that was like yep. a gamer household name. Was Oblivion the one on the Xbox 360? It was the, yeah. yeah uh-huh. It launched well, like two or three That was the one with that. like yeah. the big huge forest and the guy walking around on a horse that everyone yeah. just went, yeah. this is what yeah. next gen gaming is, yep. basically. And yep. that's, a, that's a long, and like, you know, Nick, to your point, like, all of the sort of, I mean, obviously those games aren't, I mean, they've, the tech has obviously evolved and changed hugely in those years, but like, you know, there's a, a lot of the same people have been there for most well, of that time. And so like, that's the other there's thing. a lot of knowledge and experience built up there. And it's hard to imagine most publishers in a risk averse hit driven world <laughs> saying, you know what, let's spend like dozens of millions yeah. of dollars making this weird thing. This is another thing that, um, is uh, pretty unique, I think, to Bethesda. I mean, it's not entirely unique, but it's it's pretty rare in the games industry. Which is that, uh, speaking of institutional like knowledge and and memory, like because there are no other game studios in the DC area. Uh, if you work at Bethesda for the any Washington, length of DC time, area, yeah, yeah, and and settle and want to settle down and make that choice. You're probably just gonna be there for a long time. They're a lifer. There are a lot of lifers at that studio. One because they make it very comfortable for you to work there, but then two, like it's just you can't jump around in the yeah, same way that right. you can in the Bay Area, and you can even really like in areas Los of Canada Angeles, at this yeah, point. Canada, yeah. Um, and uh, as a result, you just have a lot of people who just say, "No, you know what? This is I like doing this job, and I'm gonna just keep making these games." And uh, like man, I don't know. It, other studios, people are jumping around a lot, yeah. and it's tough to for a game that specific. It's hard to train people up to understand like why you do things a certain way, and they don't have to do it a lot. And right? That's, yeah, that's they're not building a new team every time, which right. happens a lot again at big publishers, yep. which go through crazy like sort of internal boom and bust cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Wow, that question yielded a lot more fruit yeah. than I than I was expecting, honestly. Um, all right. Well, we have we got a bunch of emails about Trespasser, the weird Jurassic Park Lost World sequel that n- we talked about last week. Yeah. That Nick played, but maybe we actually we should take a break. Maybe we should take a break first. Yeah, and then we'll come back and do that. Good. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. As I certainly hope you know by now, Squarespace is the most professional, the easiest to use, the most user-friendly, drag-and-drop, quickest way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. And if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order. But here's the thing, before you even get to that point, you can make your whole website without needing to put in a credit card, pay for anything, do whatever, you just sign up, you make your account, You can make your whole website, get it all the way you want it to, and then, only then, when you are ready, 
you check out, you use that offer code THUMBS, you will get 10% off. And then for the entire duration, the whole lifetime of your Squarespace site forever, you get that 24-7 customer support. Nick Brecken, when you're up at like 4 a.m. Mm. and you're working on that Squarespace site and you're like, you know what? I need a little bit of help. I can't imagine why. Such an easy to use service. That's true. But you know, it's four AM. You're like What do you what do you my, I, I, I want them to help my brain. What would your yeah, website just, be, do you think? What do you think Nick's website would be if he was making one? What would your Nick website be, Nick Brecken? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, that is I don't think that that is not the purview of, of Squarespace customer support. So you're gonna need your own idea. That's true. You can't yeah. ask the customer support guy that they no. would just hang up on you. They wouldn't. Say, they would probably try to help you out. Yeah, but it would be really asking them to do a lot outside the yeah. Room. It's the like calling calling your like Nintendo uh, power game counselor to like talk about your day kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. that's your website. Is your your yes your, your Nintendo power? Yes, that's true. Uh, call, me, call me twenty four seven support for video game uh, uh, knowledge. Clearly, I'm very good at all games. You insp- yeah. So insp- <laughs> please call me one eight hundred. No, not one eight hundred. You're paying by, at least twenty dollars. Inspired a by You're Squarespace's twenty four seven customer support, Nick Brecken yeah. offers twenty four seven video game support. Right through Squarespace. All, all tips and tricks. Squarespace. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to make your own Squarespace website, go to squarespace.com, and then when you're ready to check out, use that offer code THUMBS for 10% off. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Casper also. Casper manufactures high-quality mattresses and bedding equipment of all sorts. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it equipment, but sort of, you know, bedding is sufficient. If you go to casper.com slash thumbs and use the offer code thumbs, you will get $50 towards the purchase of any Casper mattress. And then when you get your Casper mattress, you have a hundred days risk-free to try it out, to sleep on it, to fix your terrible broken back, just like Nick Brecken did. To sleep on that Casper. <laughs> I feel like to be reminded of your shitty <laughs> yeah, body every time it. you do a Casper. I love, ad. I love how I get to remind you of yeah. your shitty old wrecked it's body. It's a weird like like revival preacher preaching the Casper way. We're like, look at this this boy. His back <laughs> so was broken. And, and yeah. But after after a hundred nights on right. his Casper, even less. Give me the Casper Lord. <laughs> you think you think you think he gave that back? He did not. He did not. He kept that Casper. <laughs> Sleeps on it every night. Casper.com with the offer code THUMBS for $50 off your salvation. And finally, this episode is also brought to you by Harry's. Razors, blades, and all the other shaving accoutrement that you will need. If you go to harrys.com slash thumbs, you can get their whole trial kit. You just cover shipping, but you get the whole trial kit, including the razor handle, the blade, and the rich lathering shave gel. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You put it on your face, it gives you a nice clean shave. I really like the uh, the, sh- the Harry's shaving gel and shaving cream. Uh, and the blades are only about two bucks a blade for refill. It's a lot less than you'll end up paying uh, for the ones at the drugstore. They've got a whole, the whole package is all covered. The website, very simple, elegant. It's just got your shaving and your face stuff on it. I get their face wash too. I like that as well. And if you go to harrys.com slash thumbs, you can get that whole trial kit. All you do is cover shipping, everything you need to shave your face or any other part of your body for that matter. Harrys.com slash thumbs. Hey, we're back and it's time for trespasser talk. TTT. Trespasser talk time. Here on Idle Thumbs. Yep. Nick Brecken seems flabbergasted. I don't know why. You knew it was the Triple T. No, I did. I did. You I, knew. I, I wasn't prepared with a theme song or, or any You sort knew of it was T Cube. Uh, yeah. Trip T Trip Trip T. Oh, no. Trespassers, whatever the time, timing. You have a trip T. Trespasser timing. You knew it was time to talk Trespasser. And now it is. I do now. Oh my now. god! It's so late. It's like ten thirty at night. <laughs> I, okay, I'm like so hallucinating. It's the terrible. microphone yeah. feels too close to me right now. Yeah. It's a little the whole thing. It, I don't like yeah. it. It's a fixed by way of a physics arm. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> James Hillier writes, "Hey, thumbs. 
The recent Trespasser episode brought back a lot of memories from 1998. I bought Trespasser back then. God, I really feel like I can't even function <laughs> as a human. This is insane. Sure. I brought Trespasser back then after reading lots of preview articles in magazines. I recall the hype surrounding Trespasser was, if anything, more unconstrained than the ambition of the game. I re- oh, he's saying, was, if anything, even more unconstrained <laughs> than the ambition of the game. I see. I remember reading details about how many hundreds of square kilometers of Site B you'd be free to explore. I was 14 at the time, a big Jurassic Park fan, and I had visions of exploring the island in a truly open world. I'd be able to go anywhere and do anything, interact with anything. It really fired my imagination. You can imagine how disappointed I was on that front. As Nick said, Trespasser is essentially a journey from A to B. A walking simulator through a valley of dinosaurs that involves edging your way up a low-res mountainside with barely workable physics problems and combat that was nearly impossible due to incredibly difficult aiming and dinos knocking guns out of your hand. Looking back, I think Trespasser had a mystique that allowed me to persevere through the buggy frustration. I think this was a function of both its originality and Attenborough's haunting voice out-of-time performance and maybe my forlorn teenage optimism that around the next turn, Site B would open out before me. Maybe now we have the technology, someone should remake Trespasser as it was meant to be made. Hey guys, people with experience of uh, first-person mystery adventure games, got any ideas? Keep up the great work. Cheers, James Hillier, Sullahull, UK. I feel... Jake is dying. Well, okay. When it comes to we have the technology to make a Trespasser <laughs> sequel, I feel like maybe we we're so preoccupied with uh, <laughs> the fact that we that we could that we never stopped to ask if we should. I think we're doing that right now. I think we're currently questioning whether yeah. we should. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think he might be so preoccupied with that's the fact true. that we could. <laughs> yeah, he is preoccupied. That he's not. That, that yes. he never stopped to ask if we should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, we probably I mean, should. Someone should do this. It's true. You could do it now. It's very easy. It would be a yeah. Vive game. You'd have no. Two, you'd have those two arms. Oh, that's gross. a disaster. Yeah. Oh, two arms that's not the around. part that's good. Don't make it a Vive game. I know. That's what it would be, though. That's cool. why it would be, again, Trespasser 2. That's why Trespasser <laughs> 2 is going to be a weird thing that nobody plays. The, of the course amb- it is. The ambition will still outstrip Yeah, no. It's going to be reality. like a weird yeah. fucking Vive game. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I my, my brain did immediately picture a good Jurassic Park open world game. No. But you pictured <laughs> No, you pictured would, it wouldn't be Trespasser 2 at that point. I mean, it, yeah. It yeah, no, it's true. You're thinking of Jurassic a Park sequel game. to the story of Trespasser, whereas mm. Nick is talking about a sequel to the video game experience right. Trespasser. Yeah. These are yeah. different things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> God, it would be a vibe game. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's hammering on the do- Are we all just hallucinating now? No, I, I don't think so. It's, it's all real. Okay. Um, uh. I don't think because of the... I don't think... Be- it's creepy. It sounds it's like someone, to that side you know of the room. Sounds like you know what it sounds like. What? It sounds like someone on the other side of the wall is doing the thing where they tap the wall to find a hollow spot. Oh uh, yeah. But we're the thing on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like our room is the thing that they don't realize actually is like a secret hidden <laughs> chamber, and there's that they're gonna finally bust it open and find three dorks recording a video game podcast <laughs> on the other side and be really sad. That the hype of what was behind the wall it's didn't really, live it's up to really, their expectations really of like riches. Yeah, it's, it's really, really disconcerting. I'm just me. imagining a monster, Chris. I don't know why you're imagining all of these. Like, I'm just thinking of like a weird alien. Monster is us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, the monster is the the man who will break through this wall and murder us through Jake's face. <laughs> <laughs> just, he'll just he'll pull yeah. a just like a Jack Nicholson and oh, shine yeah, just through, right through through the, the face. Jake's He's going to say and, and I'm Jake Rodkin. His face is going to be that big. <laughs> to clarify for those listening to the audio version of this podcast, there is a massive <laughs> painting of Jake's face God. on the wall behind me with a guy coming out of it right now. <laughs> a <laughs> murderer. Oh. Somebody that large would just be oh no. <laughs> oh, you're oh, oh, no, I'm imagining a, a that he's the size of oh, yeah, just, painting. Yeah, it's like that scale. <laughs> Hopefully that someone bursts out of the tiny Nick Brecken painting next to it that's the size of you. <laughs> <laughs> but that would just make and us mine make, above. Yeah. There's two smaller pictures of me and Nick yeah. about similar scale, and if two heads burst through each of those, they would just in be concert. salacious crumbs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then a huge meme, oh, like a different. It would be like the guy who played Zodiac in the Zodiac. Yes, would bust out of my yeah. painting. Yeah, the guy who played the Zodiac. You know who played Arthur Lee Allen? Arthur Lee Allen. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that was a presumptuous. The guy who plays canonically oh, the yeah. Zodiac. Mm. <laughs> he's not canonically the Zodiac. No, he's not. Can he's... you imagine if there was a guy as was <laughs> no? Face I thought, as oh, big that's as all the... I can see. Okay, it's so gross. If you think about like me. a giant, intimidating bald guy who's bigger than real life, it would be that actor though for sure who's cast to play him. <laughs> yeah, who's Arthur Lee Allen in Zodiac? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
That guy's in lots of stuff. That yeah. guy's a classic character actor. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if he? What if that guy busted through this wall right now? But like a big just version of him? Went like, oh, it doesn't. He'd regular that guy, and he's like, yeah. oh, I heard you guys talking about Zodiac. They filmed that in the city, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then he'd be on the podcast. Oh, that'd be so good if the rest of this podcast is like a Zodiac. Behind oh, I'd be the scenes. more than happy to oh, yeah, to I let him that, yeah. to vacate my chair. But then he'd be like, oh well. Um, I mean, I did burst that painting to kill you guys, and then he'd kill us. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm the Zodiac after to. all. You know, <laughs> he'd accent it in that strange way as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what strange way? I'm the Am Zodiac, I speaking Zodiac, Zodiac, the Zodiac after, after all. all. That's a normal way to do it. Uh, tra- <laughs> Jurassic Park: Trespasser, the Lost World video game. Um, the way that I, oh my God, they're still knocking. This is insane. Okay. Um, I don't, so the experience this, this reader describes of kind of being subject to this relentless hype machine Uh and then getting the game and sort of like constantly, what's funny is I don't think I ever actually experienced that growing up because I don't think I was ever in tune. I mean, I'm sure if I grew up now in the age of the internet. I'm sure. I mean, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, you know, who are teens or younger who felt that way about No Man's Sky. And I'm not trying to dump on No Man's Sky. I just mean that, like, that that game was subject to that hype phenomenon for sure to, you know, both like internally and externally. They like that. It was encouraged on from all angles, you know, to paint Uh, this thing as like the savior game. And, you know, if I were like 12 and I'd been following that thing for years that probably, you know, that probably would have... I think the, I, it's the, not the same as Trespasser, which is actually a broken game. The one on this podcast that we most notably fell for, and Nick was spared from this... Um, oh, SimCity. SimCity. We oh. were so hyped on SimCity, and even, like, just hearing you're right, you're the behind-the-scenes right. oh, stuff, the press hype for it, and even the demo, we were like, oh, this is going to be great. And yeah. then that game, in practice, did not, not scale beyond the demo. Not only was subject to that, Nick mocked us, yeah. because he... He's like, I played the demo, and I knew it, was only, it oh. wasn't even going to be good. Well, yeah. Uh, we played the demo and went, if the game continues to grow at the rate of this demo, it's going to be incredible. And you mm-hmm. just went, you Nick, I think said to yourself, that's not possible. Well, I think I, I think I like you gleaned. I, I, I well, I, I think I, I played that demo to the extent of just like poking at the system. Yeah, you found those edges, like, yeah, yeah, within yeah. the demos. We the, our, yeah. the demo. I was trying. Yeah, we ran out of time. I was trying to yeah. play it like in a very hardcore SimCity way, which yeah. I, I wasn't like you know. Yep. Yeah, but my my example of that is sadly uh, is Spore. So I, I hate oh, to dump on Maxis, yeah. but man, was I pumped for that game! I think I, I wrote about that game that too, in a way yeah. that was like very, oh, this game is for real. And I was blown away came, by Will, like, by Will Wright's first GDC talk when he unveiled oh, it. Phaedrus talk? Yeah, yeah no, Phaedrus. Oh, was later. Even before that, okay. His pre the pre yeah. Phaedrus era, mm-hmm. the the PPE. Um, that first talk when he unveiled it, that's something that everyone went insane for. But by the time that game was even within a year of shipping, I was no longer really into it because like. The aesthetic changed very drastically. Yeah. To be more honest, to what the game was, that's true. And I feel like once it like got that sort of cartoony look and everything really slimmed down and got more simple, I went, okay. Well, the thing Will Wright showed was like their internal vertical slice, and then they had to make it into a real game, and it was yeah, a right. p- game published by EA that had to ship this year. Like that's, I was, that's I was how really I excited about the sort of like last component of that game, the space thing, mm-hmm. but they barely showed that at all up until launch, and right. it was just very like stripped down and and not. Develop, you know. So anyway, yeah, I felt I felt very sad about that one. Yeah, that's a good poll, actually. I think I, I yeah, it's kind of the go-to. Yeah, I, I yeah. Suppose. No, it's true. It's a common experience. In fact, we got a different email that I don't. Actually, My, I'm not sure I've queued it up, but it was like, about. More, I feel like spore. more commonly, I cut. A, like I, I, I gave games a big break as a kid, or even like even, yeah, I even into too. sort of. Well, I mean, even now, honestly, but yeah. like. To, lo- to a large degree, I would find the one part of the game that I really enjoyed and just focus on that, even to the ex- yeah, to the, to totally. the sort of, uh, I mean, I, you know. I did too, and I think that for multiple reasons. One, I was not as aware of hype cycles sure. in the first place because I was both because of my age and also because there were just fewer avenues to like even receive hype yep. com- relative to the internet. Uh, and then also, yeah, like I had very few games, all things considered, and like. You you know like you just had to make better use of what you had just because yeah. like it's what I also just had fewer frames of reference right like I didn't even necessarily know always what was good and yep. bad like there were a lot of games I probably liked when I was a lot younger that I 
probably weren't even that great, but I didn't necessarily oh, yeah. even know that. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. like, this is what I understand. Like, I'm that was true for still me. assembling my ideas of what a game even is, let alone a good or bad game. Even up through high school, I think that was true for me, because I remember yeah. I, like, I liked computer too, games, and I occasionally read PC Gamer, but I was not super into it. Like, But I remember someone for Christmas or a birthday uh, right at the end of 1996 gave me a 1997 upcoming PC games calendar. Um, hmm. And it like, or it was just like, or it came with a magazine that I bought at an airport or something like that. But I remember I had that on my wall that one year and it had like games of the most recent past and, and of that, of like right then. So like it had like the box art to curse of monkey Island uh, to monkey Island three. Right. And, but I remember I flipped to one of them and it, it was, um, it was for half life and it just said published by Sierra. Yeah. Something goes wrong in a, you know, science facility and you have to escape. And it had just like a sort of blurry picture of like a microbe on it because they clearly (laughs) didn't have any or didn't want to release it. And to me, that was not enigmatic or making some huge promise. I went, this doesn't sound like a very good Sierra game. And then just flipped (laughs) to the next month. From the makers of King's Quest. Yeah. I I mean, I had only ever really known Sierra as like the guys who made King's Quest, Leisure Suit Larry, Space Quest and stuff. So I looked at that and went, (laughs) I was just baffled. And then when I finally saw that game a year later, like my mind was yeah, melted by the first fifteen minutes, like it yeah. was everyone else. Yeah. But like to that same point, I'm I I kind of deliberately didn't pay attention to anything from Breath of the Wild in part because like the very first little image came out, the little first like clip of one of the guardians chasing Link and b- setting mm. a bunch of grass on fire and him running away, and I went, that looks really cool. But I've been burned by so many Zelda games that I'm just not going to pay attention mm. to it. Yeah. But like having no expectations for that game other than oh people say that it's actually really good and like yeah it looks like there might be some physics in it where the only two things that i really mm-hmm. knew about it i think was really helpful like I, I i mean that game's been out long enough now that there are a lot of people online who are very disappointed with or frustrated with that game and really yes um not like a ton the the overwhelming majority of people are, are enjoying the shit out of it but i wonder how many of those people are people who had expectations that were somehow even outside the bounds of, yeah. of that mm. game um i mean well, yeah, I, don't I don't know man i like the like i think if you looked at what breath of the wild does and what you thought to yourself was i can't wait to do all of my favorite zelda well, things but exa- with this system, right sure i mean that's just know? like that's just evidence that to me that so i, I didn't uh I didn't really pay a lot of attention to Zelda, not for the reason you describe, but I think just not even intentionally because I think I, I, I think I'm just like you know what I don't have the system that's I, like it's very unlikely yeah. I'm going to even have a system to play this, so like I'm not intentionally avoiding it, and it like I do remember thinking it looked cool in the one trailer I'd seen, but I just kind of was like yeah you know what like I, I just pro- I'm, haven't played the last like two Zelda games I really too, yeah. like. Um, so like I'm probably not going to end up playing this one either. Um, whatever. Seems like they're trying some cool stuff. Like great, and that was about it, right? Until I actually played. Until like days before it came out, when I'm like, what is this thing? And then I and then I borrowed your Wii U. But uh, but that to me is kind of all that taken together is sort of evidence that like it's just kind of a bad idea to get sucked up and hype no matter what because the worst case scenario is you're going to be crushingly disappointed and the best case scenario is you're going to like it but like mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention to any of this shit and I still think this thing's amazing so like yep. I mean the the best case scenario is you don't have incredibly specific expectations and then you're pleasantly surprised Right and like. Well, I think like video footage has probably changed a lot of this stuff. I feel like it's, at least in my it, like speaking personally, uh, anytime I watch an extended trailer for a film, or anytime I watch like a like a behind the scenes first look for a game that's like ten twenty minutes long or something, that will that definitely pulls on the expectations because at that point. Even even with a trailer that's like two and a half minutes long, I can start to compile the film in my head. I can kind of think about like, ugh, like I can I can tell like I'm gonna really like this character, but maybe not this character, and I start building up all of these like constructs. Whereas if I just read uh, even just a paragraph of a review, I feel like I wouldn't. It, it would be a completely different process for me in terms of thinking about the thing and like preparing myself for it. I don't know. I feel like. As a kid growing up with just magazines, I can remember when the Nintendo Power videotape started to go out 
mm. like around the Donkey Kong era, Donkey yeah. Kong Country era. And I remember actually probably one of the early examples, like just thinking about it right now, of getting hyped up for a thing and then being disappointed for me was Star Fox 64 because I really enjoyed the original Star Fox and then playing the 64 version I, I was like, oh, but I remember in that video, they spent 30 minutes talking about how it's the next most amazing game. There's like a tank and there's a thing. There's going to be like the, the footage was like depicting all this crazy shit. But in actuality, it was just a fine Star Fox game. And I remember that sort of like rug pull. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's the specificity of this stuff. And I feel like when you watch a video... Sometimes that can really influence your brain. I mean, also, man, one of the things I've just really wanted to just like get sort of uh, out in the philosophical weeds, but definitely one of the things I have really had to learn as an adult is like just how incredibly important it is not to create expectations for like people and things that that, that are arbitrary or that are like informed like by anything other than just the actual like on the ground experience you know like this is like a much like a very frivolous example of it because worst case like you don't like a video game very much who gives a shit but like it's you know i feel like it's fairly good practice just as a human being in the world to learn not to like stew on things to the point that you're creating expectations in your brain that you're then going to be disappointed if they don't happen exactly the way you were hoping they do like this is a recipe to like be unhappy about stuff in general yep. and if you're constantly subjecting yourself to that kind of um like churn it's just i i don't think it's just psychically healthy you know yep i mean yeah. about whatever seems bad yeah um uh, oh, okay yeah. oh no you have something Jake? i i thought i did and then i it, it erased itself from my brain bummer what in the world? Oh, it was two tiny things. Yep. Um, a place where I think that the you can look at it rule is slightly different for setting expectations is when you watch someone play a game for like four hours on a Twitch stream. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, in fact, oh, expectation deflating. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Or sort of it's very, it sets a pretty that's strong true. reality. Or if it makes you excited, it's – yeah, that's that's a good point, actually, because anything that comes – like, I mean, I say this having wor- – you know, all of us having worked at multiple, you know, developers – uh, we all know, and I think most people probably know, the ridiculous amount of like massaging that goes into a trailer, right? Like a two-minute trailer. That's obvious, right? I mean, that's yeah, should yeah. be that way, right? You want a trailer to be like and it's simple. Absolute... It is a perfect playthrough, right. and at its most complicated, it is a complete fabrication, right? Yeah, and that's like I think people basically know that. Yeah, but even a gameplay, even like a gameplay preview, even like a twenty-minute yeah. gameplay preview, that's still it's masterfully like, executed. Yeah, someone yeah, is yeah. like probably practiced how to play it the best way and like i mean that stuff is just very curated but a cool thing about yeah i I totally agree with you that's a good point i didn't even thought about it but a good really cool thing about twitch streaming or just you know video game streaming in general is that you really are getting a truly like i mean i guess unless there's weird like payola going on i don't know but like generally speaking you're getting an actual payola hashtag weird payola i don't know (laughs) you're basically getting an actual person's genuine real reactions before they've had time to like learn all how to yeah make and you as a person the, can just see what the game looks like yeah, when it comes that's out that's a good point um and the, my only tiny thought about hype is um the, i will say actually i will counter that real quickly the danger is that you're also getting someone's like totally knee-jerk emotional reactions be they either positive or negative both of which can also you, be yeah. kind of influencing yes, in a bad way. For that's sure. that's and yeah. that really just depends there's on who you're watching. There's a person on top of it vicariously yeah. kind of telling you how yeah, to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, there's a person on top of where? <laughs> yeah, there's a person on top of us vicariously making sounds <laughs> oh, in our ears. So it's really weird. Right now. I really don't like it. What yeah. was the other thing you were going to oh, say? Oh, just um, if your life's a big bummer and being <laughs> and being hyped about something is yes. like a thing that actually like gives you a little oh. bit of like excitement because you don't have anything to look forward to that always is really depressing to me but it also is wow. I think, Jesus. like i mean just <laughs> thinking about like times when oh, like sure. I've, I've never like had that messed up of a life and i've never been like outrageously depressed but there have been times when i've been really down and i felt like there's literally nothing going on in my life and like the thing that i am doing is l- like 
actually just counting the days until a piece sure. of media comes yeah. out that I'm excited yep. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably also the time when you're the most susceptible to declare oh, yeah. that it's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to that yeah. it's going to imbue your life with things that it right. absolutely is not. Yep. 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 Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Are you, were you going to follow it up with a like advice or thought what? about that? Uh, no. Just I don't know how to fix that problem. Oh, oh. At all. Sure. Um, yeah. I just yeah. The realization that I was doing that helped right. me get out right. of doing I was gonna, that. Yeah, that's what that I was, was more say, than it that, was. Like trying to be conscious of it is a, is I think important. Yeah, like starting point, right? Yeah. Um, man, what a cool upbeat yeah. podcast we've created here. Uh, here's a uh, here's a trespasser. Do you have the cold capper for us uh, for this podcast, Chris. No, Nick, knows that you're is. making a reference to a podcast that will not release for another week. Oh, fuck if you want right. to understand, yeah, this I is how many, they were be on how many each millions other. of podcasts we've been recording recently. Oh, no. no, if you listen okay. to uh, our Wait, other podcast, I, I started this episode by saying it's April sixth now. <laughs> Oh, it's April. No, oh, it's March. What is day is it? It's March thirtieth, oh. twenty seventeen, and this is Idle Thumbs four hundred five. Do, do that again, because right? Nick was just yelling things over your head. <laughs> it's March thirtieth, twenty seventeen. That's all we need. Okay. Um, Hopefully, Lisa is also in the same yeah, place. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we've done so many. Okay, oh. by the time you hear next week's important if true and next week's Idle Thumbs. You will have finally heard the end of us recording like three weeks of podcasts all in, in a, week. Like a week. So please forgive us all of this nonsense. Uh, here's another trespasser <laughs> email. Please read the same one that you read before <laughs> and act like it's new. Welcome to Trespasser Tea Talk. Tea too. Oh my God. Olaf Molman writes Greetings. Longtime reader here. This is in response to the trespasser discussion in episode 304. Oh, the, Our, T, the T3304. <laughs> uh, the 304 T3. This is the tea time. Uh, TDE304. Um, I would argue that trespasser is a complete mess while also having some genuinely wonderful moments. Still in the tutorial area, I first started to play the game. I was experimenting with my weird janky physics arm. I picked up a long piece of wood and started to play with it a bit, knocking things over. While moving to the next tutorial area, I decided to bring the piece of wood with me, dragging it weirdly on the ground. I then tripped on the piece of wood in my st- in my hand and promptly broke my neck and burst out laughing. What are those all things you can do in this game? I, I mean, I don't think you can break your neck. You can trip but... on a piece of wood that you're holding in your hand and yeah. then break your neck. Well, you can't break your neck, but, but you, you can die trip on a piece of wood physics, yeah. over a thing. Yeah. From this point on, I was in love with this fantastic train wreck of a game. While the game is sometimes very hard to struggle through due to its mechanics, I don't think I ever had to resort to cheats. I also ah oh, Nick Brecken, that's oh, well, a little shame uh, there. Yeah. I don't think I ever ha- I also don't think I ever tried to push the idol onto the T Rex. I just ran for my life. I never got so frustrated that I had to stop playing, as every situation, however janky, was completely unique. There was one time I couldn't shoot a raptor because it was too close and my rifle was too long. Yep. <laughs> so I just it's all the time. I just hit the raptor on his face with my rifle. Yep. This kind of thing just doesn't happen in most games. That's true. Even at the end of the game, spoilers, you have to fight three raptors at once with barely enough bullets to kill them. That's fine to spoil, I think. The jankiness and lack of running made this encounter incredibly tense. Well, you you have to fight some dinosaurs. Like, spoiler. <laughs> dinosaurs. We're going to wrap Jeez, that. So Chris. here ends the Jurassic Park Trespasser spoilers. This lovely piece of jank will always hold a special place in my list of memorable game experiences. Love the show. Keep on casting pods and blasting bags. Cheers, Olaf Moleman. Oh, I forgot about bag blasts. <laughs> You you you're in one though. <laughs> you better learn to remember them. I know you're in oh, one. Oh God, I better learn to remember them. <laughs> what is that even from? I don't even. We reference that stupid quote all the time, and it, I have no goddamn idea. It's what it's Jeffrey from. Rush and Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it's what did you say it is? So that's the beauty of it. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Oh my God. I think that was also a reference to a different important if true. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just plugging the show, Chris. I think I think it's Jeffrey Rush says. Things. I hope you like ghost stories. You're in one. Okay. I hope you like uh, repetitive references. You're in them always. <laughs> Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Network. Yep. All right. I think I have well, to call it because yes. I'm seriously gonna collapse. Yep. Thank you for listening to this week's Idle Thumbs. You can send us email to questions at idlethumbs.net, and please do because have you as you can tell we don't ever know what to talk about anymore um <laughs> i mean we do sometimes but we also could use your help questions, please help us questions at idlethumbs.net please call us um you can follow us on twitter at idlethumbs 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. Our website is idlethumbspodcast.com. And you should know that uh, next week will be our last weekly episode of this show, at least in the, for the near future. Uh, and then after that, we're going to move to a monthly schedule. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> heard I this one before. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if we don't. Great. Um, no, it's, it's going monthly. I'm going to have to take a break of a few weeks, no matter what, just after this fucking insane, like podcast gauntlet we've run for ourselves yeah. recently. Um, but, uh, I don't know if we made it through. Yeah, it's yet to be seen. We still have more podcasts to record. I'm going to be in Believe Hawaii. Believe it or fucking I'm not, be in we Hawaii. have even more podcasts to record. <laughs> still. Uh, yeah, Nick and I have to put together an idle thumbs for next week. Um, anyway, uh, thanks. So send, well, no, I can't even say send us stuff. I know, because I'm not going to hear this till after we've already oh, done it. Oh, I hope you sent things. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said the question. That, that's why I made sure to point it out that I realized as I was saying it, um, I can't even say. Anyway, we're literally talking about nothing. Okay. Thank you for listening to Idle Thumbs. We will be back next week. You can send us email at questions at idlethumbs.net. Our website is idlethumbspodcast.com. I have one more thing to say. Okay. <laughs> There's a new podcast on the Idle Thumbs Network uh, that is confusingly called Something True, even though Chris just said important if true. I promise they're two different shows. It's a fantastic history storytelling show made by our friends Alex and Duncan. If you want to hear, you know... 10 to 15 minute long slices from the most strange corners of history delivered in an incredibly professional way uh, and, and uh, in a way that will make you laugh a lot. I strongly recommend it. Me too. It's, yep. it's a great, great show. It's the show that we are incapable of making because we're bumbling idiots, mm-hmm. um, whereas they are just consummate professionals. So check that out. It is at somethingtrue.net. It's really good. Like, it's so good. It's pretty good. It's great. Tell a friend. Listen to our other show, importantiftrue.com. Thank you. Goodbye. Good night. I'll see you guys in a week. Two weeks. Happy wedding. I'm already married. <laughs> no, I'm not. I said I was. This episode comes out before I'm married. I have not, I'm not yet married. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's a lie. This podcast is a lie. Your life is a lie. Oh. <laughs> I totally thought it was coming out on the 6th. Oh, we all man. did. <laughs> I hope you like I was I've never been married. I was never married. Yeah. <laughs> you better learn to like March 30th. <laughs>